Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Insurance Uncovered, NAMIC's podcast and your source for insurance news and perspective from thought leaders in the property casualty insurance industry. This week's all-new episode is sponsored by New England Asset Management. I'm your host, Kathy Imus, and I want to thank you for joining me. Today, we're uncovering NAMIC's Award in Innovation. We'll talk with Union Mutual's Lisa Kieser about the company's program to attract and retain talent. And we'll catch up on all things Washington, D.C. as Congress kicks into gear for the final few weeks before the August recess. In Washington, portions of the Build Back Better legislation could be given new life, this time with a price tag hovering around $1 trillion in new spending. That's the upshot of new talks between Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and West Virginia's Joe Manchin, who has been a holdout on the bill due to its price tag. Democratic Senator Kristen Sinema from Arizona will also be a key figure to watch as these talks evolve, given her skepticism with tax increases previously expressed in prior iterations of the Build Back Better discussions. Renewed Build Back Better discussions have also put an end to negotiations on the China Competitiveness Bill, which if passed would include $52 billion to boost domestic production of semiconductor chips. In earlier versions of the legislation, NAMIC led intense effort to make a technical fix to a provision that would have forced property casualty insurers to rely on the GAAP instead of statutory accounting principles used by the industry. Also in Washington, but on the local government level, the D.C. Department of Insurance, Securities and Banking held a public hearing to evaluate whether D.C. residents are experiencing unintentional bias in rating and underwriting by auto insurers. DISBY, as it's known around the city, is partnering with O'Neill Risk Consulting and Algorithmic Auditing to evaluate whether consumers are adversely impacted by unfair or discriminatory practices related to the use of underwriting and rating criteria. NAMIC testified during a recent hearing to urge the department to exercise caution and not oversimplify the analysis of data and rating factors. NAMIC's regional vice president, Matt Overturf, says eliminating risk factors won't have the desired outcome. Each factor listed for potential prohibition has been repeatedly proven an actuarially sound predictor of the risk of loss for purposes of private passenger auto. Rating factors that enhance accuracy should be embraced, not prohibited. What is already certain, however, is that more risk-based factors improve fairness and consumer choice by enhancing the accuracy of a consumer's overall risk assessment. Eliminating valid factors not only intentionally creates cross-subsidies, but it does nothing to reduce the overall costs of coverage. In addition to testimony, NAMIC has also submitted a letter to DISBY raising questions for the department to consider as the data collection effort begins. And here's a stunning new statistic. The frequency of insurance lawsuits skyrocketed 47% over the five-year period from 2017 through 2021. That's according to legal analytics company Lex Machina, who recently released its annual insurance litigation report highlighting several trends that should be of concern for the insurance industry. Researchers noted the coronavirus pandemic impacted the data, particularly in business interruption. However, there were still long-term trends identified related to hurricane and automotive insurance litigation. 
Each year, NAMIC's management conference brings together CEOs, senior executives, and future insurance leaders to discuss emerging issues and trends within the insurance industry. A major topic of conversation at this year's event was the future of work and how to attract and retain the best talent. That topic just happened to coincide with one of this year's entrants for NAMIC's award in innovation. On today's Unscripted, our Neil Aldridge sits down with Union Mutual President and CEO Lisa Kieser to learn about her company's program to attract and retain talent that earned Union Mutual an award in innovation in the category of adaptability. On today's Insurance Unscripted, we're joined by President and CEO of Union Mutual, Lisa Kieser. I'm speaking with Lisa today during NAMIC's management conference in Carlsbad, California, where her company was just presented with NAMIC's award in innovation as best in the adaptability category. So we're honored to have you join us today, Lisa, to discuss some of Union Mutual's creative strategies to adapt the company's approach to attracting and retaining talent. So as we know, the great resignation is going on, uh, they tell us, and we have talent issues throughout the whole industry. So these are not problems unique to Union Mutual. Certainly it's happening everywhere in the economy, regardless of what industry you're in. But your company did face a couple of unique challenges due to its size and location. So describe the scope of the problem that you were facing for us. Okay. Well, thank you for the opportunity to be on your podcast and for the Adaptability Award on Innovation from NAMIC. Union Mutual is a small regional mutual company located in Montpelier, Vermont, in a town of fewer than 8,000 residents, and recruiting and retaining employees in Vermont can be a challenge as it is a very small state. As the company focused on perpetuation and building strong insurance professionals, we realized we needed a program to develop and retain employees. Additionally, bringing the younger generation into insurance is a challenge, and by having a program that exposes employees to all aspects of the company would showcase the many aspects of an insurance carrier. We currently have 36% of our staff that are millennials and 4% that are Generation Z. That being said, this program is open to all at the company. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> mm, keep just, going. You're trying to save the choke. I was trying to stop not coughing. <laughs> <coughs> That's mm. all I got. Okay. We can probably make that work. Yep. <clears throat> this is the good part. I knew it was coming. I could not stop it any longer. <clears throat> so there's been no real playbook for ha how to handle these situations. So tell us what led to the creation of your new employee development program and how it works. Okay. About eight years ago, so the program's been around for a bit, our executive team realized that we needed to start finding our own ways to innovate and sustain our business. We had to start building a workforce of informed individuals with industry exposure. We had to find effective ways to assess whether we had the right person in the right seat. And we also had to find ways to connect and empower our employees to, in order to enhance company culture and foster innovation. Um, we developed the Employee Development Program as an immersive training experience that would help us address some of our business challenges. Each participant in the program spends two years rotating through each of the departments of the company and commits to obtaining industry-specific licenses and education during the program, such as a claims adjuster's license and CPCU classes. The program was designed to be more than an opportunity for job shadowing. Yeah, it's really interesting, and you're, and I think maybe the most interesting part of the award entry that you guys submitted for the our review was that you mentioned that all in every case, all the program graduates have landed in roles that were different from the ones where they started, mm -hmm. which I think is a 
fascinating outcome to all of this, and maybe one that people didn't predict. So I just like sort of, how's that gone? How has that worked for the company? Was it surprising to you? You know, those kinds of things. It, it was surprising to us because when the employee left their role, the expectation is they would go back to that role. Um, to date, one out of every 10 employees at the company has participated in this program, and each of the graduates has landed in a role that is different from the one they were in when they started the program. But the ultimate goal was to identify and execute a career path most attuned to that employee's skill set, thereby ensuring success for both the employee and the company. Um, you know, the program has had significant impact on Union Mutual. It has allowed for creativity and flexibility in hiring, and I've hastened the growth and development of individual employees. You know, when an individual lacks experience but shows promise in uh, terms of aptitude and attitude, the program provides significant insurance exposure. Um, the program, to us, furthers the concept of mutuality because it instills in a participant a sense of belonging and ownership of the company. It also fosters connectivity between the staff and the departments of the company and allows for greater collaboration. Yeah, I have a feeling many member companies listening may uh, want to steal part of the elements of the program to find out if they've got people that would be in different roles in the company, their own companies now. It's a it, very interesting, and to me, as I mentioned, I'm not sure I would say every single graduate would be in a different role. It's mm -hmm. a fascinating outcome to me. So has there been any unexpected challenges that you faced through the, implementing this? So the biggest challenge we faced when we started the program was the effort that was needed to integrate the participants into each department. It, this is a two-year commitment as they spend three to six months in each of the departments and completely walk away from their current role. This created some disruption when the program mm -hmm. first started, but the success certainly outweighed the challenges. After eight years, it has become part of who Union Mutual is. And, you know, recognizing the benefits of this program and wanting to break down barriers to allow greater participation, Union Mutual recently developed a more compact version of this program. Uh, this light version that we call it was crafted with input from the program participants and seeks to meet most of the goals of the regular program. It is designed to be completed in less than 50 hours, and it is the goal that all the employees will participate in the light program at some point. Well, that's great. So I was going to. How do how do you think it's going to affect you in terms of retaining or attracting new talent uh, to the organization? Is it something you use? Is it something that you sort of advertise yourself when you're recruiting somebody? So we. Uh, interview um, even if we don't have a position available because we want to see if that person is the right person. So we, it has allowed us to take um, someone that we may not have a position for and bring them into the company and put them in the development program, whether they're just a graduate from college and not sure what they want to do with their career. Um, you know, the program allows us to attract and hire new employees that may have no experience in insurance, but an opportunity to obtain exposure to all aspects of an insurance carrier. You know, the company's designation as best places to work in Vermont for nine consecutive years provides confirmation to us from our employees that they feel challenged and engaged in work. And ultimately, the success of the program at Union Mutual has impacted our company's operations and culture. Now that's, it's really a great program. It's, other members may look at doing something similar, and others do have programs like this, although I'm not sure that others have one perhaps as comprehensive as yours from top to bottom. Um, but that may change as well. What would you recommend to others? Any, any pitfalls to avoid or, you know, what would you say as far as getting started? So the biggest variable for mutual companies considering a similar program is the buy-in of company leadership and the willing to tolerate some uncertainty. You know, to, to lower the stakes of implementation, you know, 
recommendation is to initiate it as an experiment, and that's ultimately what we did. We had one employee go into the program. Um, you know, there was some reluctance. It's, it's a lot of work for each individual department because they need to integrate them into their department. But seeing the success of the program has, has you know, expanded out through the company and, and certainly um, is something that we're going to continue and, and continue to uh, develop our employees. And, and as seen in the video that we presented, you know, some of the pe participants that went through the program have stayed at Union just because of the program and didn't know what they wanted for a career, but were able to find a career at Union Mutual. That's great. It's, it's great uh, that we're able to award companies. Uh, so congratulations again, Lisa, for the award. Um, it's also, I think, a great testament to what we talk about a lot here at NAMIC, which is mutual companies kind of have this sleepy reputation as being a change averse. Uh, this is yet another example where that, that reality is very different. Mm -hmm. uh, there really are a lot of great areas of change, new ways to approach employee development, and this is just another one of those examples that I think amplifies that. So, mm -hmm. so congratulations again. Thanks for joining us, Thank and congrats you. on a great program. It's Thank really you. interesting. Yeah. And I'd be happy to share information with NAMIC members should they want to find out more about the program. I'm sure some will take you up on that. Thanks yep. again. Thank you. And that's it for this week's episode of Insurance Uncovered. I hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you again to our sponsor, New England Asset Management. We'll be back again on July 27th with more insurance news, including an interview with Namico cybersecurity expert, Laura Lindstrom. We hope you'll tune in and join us then. Until next time, I'm Kathy Imus. Have a great day.